Hey everybody, and welcome to Was That Really Necessary? The podcast where we explore remakes, reboots, sequels, and prequels by weighing them against the originals and asking, was that really necessary? I'm Zach Buell, and with me as always is my wonderfully talented co-host Paul Avishon. How are you now? I'm great, I'm great. Excellent to hear. Well, if you haven't heard this show before, we thank you for joining us. And what we do is we watch a movie, and then we watch either its reboot or remake, or a sequel or prequel that was made with 10 years gap in the franchise, and then we try to figure out if these were necessary in any way, shape, or form, or if they were probably just some sort of cash grab by a studio. Or maybe it was made for the love of the the actual intellectual property. Maybe people really wanted to see this brought into a new life. I, I don't think that's ever really going to happen for... Well, maybe it will. I don't know. Who knows? So far, eh, mixed results at best, I think. <laughs> this week, we are going to tackle... We're, well, we're, we're diving back into 1995, as if we haven't done that enough. We watched Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie from go, 1995. Go, Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers, indeed. We watched that from 1995, and then more recently, we watched the Power Rangers movie from 2017, which I did not realize was that recent... But yeah, feels like it actually came out a long time ago. I was pretty surprised to realize it just came out two yeah, years ago. I was I was thinking it had to be at least five years ago, but apparently it was just a couple of years ago. So without further ado, why don't we look at jumping right into Mighty Morphin Power Rangers from 1995. Oh, you mean the one where a giant egg is unearthed at a construction site? And soon opened, releasing the terrible Ivan ooze. That one? I Who, think. Did, well, he then wreaks yeah, revenge yeah. on Zordon for imprisoning him for a millennia. Do you do you have any other information on this? Well, Zordon's dying. Uh, the Power Rangers <gasps> lost all of their power, so they got to head to a distant planet to find the mystic warrior Dulcia, uh, who we're going to dive into later. And uh, they get their powers back in a different form of ninja style. Uh, mm. Come back to fight Ivan the Ooze. And I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert here. Uh, they do win in the end. So it was a classic Power Rangers movie. What an incredible stroke of luck that you happen to know. Just off the top of his head. He wasn't reading from anything there. This was completely, totally random. That he knew all of that right from the right head. Absolutely. I mean, this is the Power Rangers 1995. This was, by the way, crazy two years after the show actually premiered here in the U.S. in 93. Yep. I, I guess I don't remember much about that time. I was 10 when the show premiered in yep. 1993. I I didn't watch it very much. Nor did I. I thought this movie came out way later than, than it actually did. So yeah, it, yeah. Was, uh, it was a little, su- little surprising, some fun facts, but... Yeah, overall, uh, very 1995. It's interesting because it opens with a text crawl and dramatic reading, and it just gave it way more pathos than any of the series actually had. And that was kind of the first interesting diversion from the series. It was very campy, very over the top. It was um, an import of a Japanese series where they kind of just brought it back over to the U.S. and injected some white kids in there, basically. It goes pretty hard into that then direct you know like campy feel immediately after that opening like card read which is just really weird because then they, they pretty much just open on bulk and skull which are the the two weird bullies and they are immediately doing their worst best three stooges impression on the plane that they're going to skydive out of yeah they're like <laughs> the two stooges of modern day uh i think they've been in almost they're they've been in almost every power rangers thing up until this 2017 yeah movie. most everything um I, I don't think they've 
done much else as actors. No. Um, I think this is really where they've shined, as as they say. But yeah, <laughs> this nice movie starts it. out right away with these high Professional school skydiving high yeah. school children. <laughs> They're jumping out of planes. First off, these bulk and skull almost jump out of the planes without their fucking parachutes. And then these kids decide that they are professional skydivers and they're going down and cr- like going down with snowboards going. They're in high school. They're doing synchronized skydiving and they are not only are they in high school, they're fucking superheroes in high school. Like think about every issue that Spider-Man ever had with trying to keep a secret identity. These guys have it, but they also are learning to skydive what 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 the hell here like i can suspend disbelief only so much here the the only part i liked about the whole thing was the the music scene in this was the red hot chili peppers doing the stevie wonder cover of higher ground yep outside of that in a nutshell this whole thing was just a long tv show if if you've seen the power rangers tv show it was an hour and a half long tv show it was almost formulaic down to the the like the minute of the just the the ratio of like oh the first third is going to be this then they'll lose their powers in the second third and then they will get their powers back and they will form the megazord which they should have just done in the first place and stomped out the creature the only thing that was missing was they didn't make a small creature and then rita repulsa didn't then grow him though ivan oozes a small person and then in the end he grows to a big version of himself so they still kind of threw it in there it just wasn't exactly the same that they normally do yes and while we're on the subject of ivan ooze ivan can we talk about can we talk about this so this is a character that looks like is makeup is done with styrofoam at at best oh yeah we're not talking like industrial light and magic or a lot of effects or anything like that. a lot of practical effects when it came to which is to the costumes which i can did appreciate in some regards (laughs) yes yes. (laughs) it's also worth noting ivan ooze is played by Paul Freeman, who is best known for being the main bad guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, he is he is hamming it the hell up, though, as Ivan Ooze. I mean, he's, he's, he's actually fairly entertaining to watch just because you know that he is having the time of his fucking life doing this. It is just... So stupid though what he's doing, but it's actually very entertaining. I feel like this is where the budget went though. Oh yeah, like, this is where their special effects. I mean, this just this gentleman's career dates all the way back to the '60s. Oh yeah, no, he was. He, I mean, he's, he's a, a famous bit actor. He's not a, like a big big actor. No, but he's not the typical actor that you would expect to see in the Power Rangers movie. Yeah, I mean, granted, yes. I mean, this movie is this movie is twenty minutes short of a TV made for TV movie. It I is. was expecting commercial breaks at some point. Yeah, and it, it's it's oh man, there's like a rollerblading montage in here. It is a very very nineties. I have a theory that they just wasted all of their musical budget on two songs. One was the Red Hot Chili Pepper song. They end on Dreams by Van Halen. And then after that, they just had no more money. So there are songs that literally have the the lines in them. Action boy now, action girl now. That's yep. playing as they're fighting people. Like, it's clear that they just were like, hey, you, uh, my cousin's garage band. Do you want to sing a shitty song for this? It's about girls and boys in action. They're like, yep, I wrote it already. Let's go. They also jump back and forth between, like, 
this really heavy, like I said, gravitas that they have in that first just text crawl, and then go back into the Power Rangers talking about this guy is nuts, and then they throw like a coconut at him or something like that. Like yeah, it's just it's, it's really so there's weird. some really campy dialogue. The the bad guys, Ivan's henchmen, Lord Zed, Mordant. Goldar, who we get to talk about later. We do. <laughs> uh, they're terrible costumes. Oh, no, they're, they're awful. Yeah. They're, they're awful costumes. There's this pig that has, like, this New York Jew accent. Oh, God, and it that's is, right. it is so over-the-top and terrible. And it's he's not even a character from the show. He was an amalgamation of two characters that they just crammed into one, and then the voice actors for those two actors that, or for those two characters that were cut out were very angry because they were apparently never approached to do this movie. So they just have this weird pig character that's never existed it looks like Before Matt Mortigan since. from Willow when yeah, they oh. turn into a pig. Like, yeah. And I think they did a better job with the makeup in <laughs> Willow. This was this was terrible. They were they were horrible, horrible, almost puppets, almost yeah. almost Muppets, oh, if no, you will, were, yeah. as to how bad it was. I'm just I'm trying to paint a picture for people who probably have not gone back and watched these or ever or give a shit. Yeah. Who just like to hear us ramble on about movies. This movie was <laughs> bad. Zordon, who is famously the big creepy floating head in a tube, they break the tube and then he's a real person. Like, I don't know where that came from. And he's creepy as shit. He looks like a leper that has been sandblasted down to his last layer of skin. I don't know. He is just weird looking it reminds me of when uh in the matrix when they get unplugged except like a shriveled matrix person yes yes like a, like you <laughs> like you they you left them in the bath too long you're yep. just a shriveled little white man <laughs> yeah it was that was that was strange so they lose their power the power rangers lose their powers which is pretty standard one thing that i had in there is they they always seem to start by fighting off the bad guys and then they morph that was like one of the big things for the show too was like they go they fight the putties or whatever the general bad guys are and then they get their asses kicked or they at some point during the fight go oh man we should morph and then they start kicking the ass it's like hey at the sign of danger morph just morph do it and just sign of that to just get your zords form that guy form form the megazord and just just be done with it all like right then and there could have have really saved us a lot of trouble with this movie they always wait until the last minute well and then they get depowered and they get sent there i had this one little bit of dialogue that i just could not believe they get sent to this new planet to try to recapture their powers and they look and see a skeleton of some sort of big ass creature and somebody goes what is it and the other person goes i think the question is what was it? You can tell they were really trying to go for something there, but it's like, no, 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 no. I'm still asking, what is it? Because that doesn't help me figure out. Like, <laughs> it's still a weird fucking skeleton, and I don't know what that is. So you can tell they were trying to make this like a little bit better, but then there's so much ADR, audio dialogue that's been recorded and then added in later. Yes. It is so clear that like the actors were probably there for about a third of the time on set and then spent about two thirds in a recording booth just adding in their huh, ha, huh, or their, you know, their, their having lines full conversations the while they're doing backflips without oh losing God. their breath or needing to, you know, exert any energy. Just, hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, yeah, got to get yeah. out of here all while doing that. Literally in the middle of a fight, just, like backflipping to each yeah, other. Yeah, just absolute bullshit. I like, you know, there's some things on the planet, you know, when they go, they lose their powers and they got to get this and there's this learning and they learn about each other. And there's this real heartwarming scene and they meet uh, Dulcia. And Dulcia is this primitive warrior who they run into. Very and, Amazonian yes, style. Yes. 
yes. warrior. Yes, and she's going to kill him, and then they mention that Zordon sent us here. Oh, you know Zordon, blah. Well, so, <laughs> the original woman who played this was was terminated. Her position was let go. She was she was fired. Uh, Gabrielle Fitzpatrick was her name. Yeah. She was replaced by none other than Marisha Hargitay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we had <laughs> Mariska Hargitay is like the worst name. To, it, it's, it's just awful to say. It's terrible. Yeah. But you know her from is she SVU? SVU. Yeah. yeah. She's the main the main detective from Law and Order SVU. She had uh, she had a famous mother as well. Well, and then she did a lot of the scenes, and then she was let go because she wasn't right for it. And didn't didn't they bring back the original woman? Then they brought back? back the original woman. <laughs> And there was supposed to be like this little sidekick dog that was like a comic relief that they ended up, let's just leave that dog. We're just going to leave you at home. And that was a good decision. It was a a very, very wise decision. The character itself was bad. It was. She was. She was unnecessary. She just was like a really bad, like I said, kind of Amazonian warrior that just didn't do much. It was right around that time that I noticed two things about the movie, too. One was a lot of shots to just pad runtime yes. when they're on this planet. And they would just have like these long shots, the scenery or whatever, and the, them walking across. And there'd be a little bit of, again, ADR dialogue just, just being recorded like, oh, let's go over here to the temple. Huh. And then they would walk. And then they'd be like 30 <laughs> seconds of them walking. And then they would walk up to a thing and be like, look, a dog. And then it would cut back to like a scene on Earth. There was no reason for them to show that shot, but they did. They would do that all the time. So they had, I don't know how many of those, just like little one to two minute long interludes that were clearly just there to pad out some runtime. The other thing I noticed was, we didn't talk about this, but three of the Rangers were replaced for the movie. Yes. Um, Yes. So if you went into this like I did, expecting kind of half remembering the original Rangers and expecting them, uh, the only original ones are Tommy, who's the, he's the white Ranger at this point. He was the green Ranger, Billy, the blue Ranger and Kimberly, the pink Ranger. The other three, the black Ranger, the red Ranger and the yellow Ranger were all replaced for this movie. And it was because of contract disputes. Money. 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 Yeah, Yeah, it was money, money. It becomes very, very clear about halfway through the movie. They really don't want to give the new people lines. They are making Billy. They, they give them like one line here and there to do something. And then the rest of it is just like, let's have Billy explain this. You know what? Tommy's the one that people like, let's have him explain this. And Kimberly is probably the most well beloved, I guess of all of them. So she has definitely like the most, lines and information and focus on her the other three they're all kind of pushed back i also did find it funny too that i think they figured it was a little too on the nose to have a yellow ranger be an asian person and the black ranger be a black guy so in the movie they switch it to the black ranger being an asian guy and the yellow ranger being a black woman like did they not like did nobody in the original cast when they were putting this together be like hey guys uh do you do you see what you did here? Yeah. Like if that had come out today, again, if they did that today, people, there would be, the snowflakes would riot. They did do that today and they switched it. <laughs> like yeah. they, 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 like they did make that movie I today know. and they didn't explicitly do that. Oh, I was hoping we'd get to that later, but yes, they did try to fucking do that this time. And they were like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the actors from the original ones have not done shit except no. for, except for, Amy Jo Johnson. Who is the Pink Ranger? Who is the Pink Ranger. She has done uh, significant things. She's been in... She was on Felicity for a bit. We talked about that. Felicity, that's right. 
she was on a oh gosh what was the name of that FBI? flashpoint flashpoint yep and i remember she did an mtv movie for a band called sweetwater they were the first <laughs> they, they were the first band to play at woodstock uh, i think it was like a vh1 movie i don't know why it always stuck in my head i actually really liked it but mm-hmm. if you do i mean if you check her out she's still up to this day still getting credits on imdb she's still doing movies she's still doing movies that most people have seen she did even do a cameo in the power rangers movie she was in a movie called the space between anyway uh then you have tommy uh, Jason David Frank, who is yep. a pretty accomplished MMA fighter, from yep. my understanding. And one of the few of the actors that actually did some of his own stunts and some of his own fighting. Everybody else is very obviously not them doing flips or yes. kicks or anything. He's the one that they will actually show in kind of like a, a one-take of him running and jumping and doing an actually good-looking like flying jump kick that they don't just cut to randomly to hide the fact that it's a stunt person. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a, he, it's kind of interesting where he went after that. I did find it funny that they had a line in there that said, first I'll take over Angel City, then the universe. I was wondering if that was the actual order of operations that they have. <laughs> um, but then they, they, at one point they fight a Triceratops skeleton, which, by the way, is all practical effects. I loved the loved the scene. It was actually really entertaining to watch them fight this giant. It's like, this is like a 20-foot-long puppet of a, t- or a, a Triceratops skeleton. It reminded me of the Flintstones movie, though. It, it was just shit. I, I still thought it was hilarious, mostly because... <laughs> <laughs> they just kept saying so many bone puns. They call him Bonehead. They just like keep saying all these stupid things. Then at one point, after they beat, they defeat the the monster by he pulls one one bone out of the neck, and the whole thing crumbles. <laughs> the whole thing comes crumbling. And down. then he says, "Looks like biology finally paid off for you." No, no, that's not what biology is. If anything, maybe paleontology. I don't know. What maybe it's like I, I, yeah. No, it was because uh, biology doesn't teach you what bone will collapse a brought-to-life triceratops skeleton. At one point, they fight these temple guards that come to life. I just wanted to touch on this, too, because <laughs> they, they like they go to the, the opening for this temple, and there's, like, gargoyles or something standing in the, in the thing. Yeah. And then they, of course, come to life in a very poorly CGI'd way, because this is 1995. And it looked like they didn't even try to match like the look of the guards as statues to the look of the people in the suits. They were just kind of like shown a picture of it and were like, hey, make the suit that looks like this for somebody to fight in. And then they hit it. And then the person making the suit was like, okay, can I see that again? They're like, nope, go off a of memory. And he's like, all right, I think <laughs> it looked kind of like a dog and maybe this is it. It was so, so bad. There's so a whole end fight scene with, with Ivan Ooze and the whole thing oh, looks yes. like it was done with fucking MS paint. Like <laughs> it, it really, it just looks like it was done it's so cheaply, this so is the, fucking generically. This is the point in CGI, too, where they didn't know how to animate people's mouths. So they poorly CGI his face onto this weird-looking piece, and then he talks, but his, they, like a close-up on his face showing that his mouth is not fucking moving as he's talking. For the adults <laughs> who are listening to this, it, it's very it's very much like the lawnmower man. <laughs> like if you remember that movie, I it's it or Johnny mnemonic. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> don't Johnny mnemonic was so much better. I mean, just very, very, but anyway, very calm, down. <laughs> calm down, calm <laughs> down. Oh, the day they remake that. Um, but while we're on special effects and everything, I can tell you that this movie cost a whopping $15 million to I make. I just can't believe that. Yeah. Even in 1995 money, 15 million was a pretty, Pretty decent amount. Yep. I assume that most of it went to Paul Freeman. That's got to be at least a lot of it. Or into the newly discovered CGI effects that they could do. <laughs> now, this movie grossed worldwide $66.5 million. 
dollars. So I mean, we're that. talking a quadrupling. I mean, that's a big success. I mean, this was at the height of the Power Rangers. Two like, years into is, the Power Rangers yeah. coming to the United States, right off, you know, uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. This was the shit. This yeah. was a big deal. This was uh, kind of like most TV shows that get brought to the to the screen. It was a hour and a half long episode. They jumped right yeah. into it. There was no. You just, it was assumed you knew who the Power Rangers were, how they became the Power Rangers. All that was just assumed. Just, hey, let's go right into it. Boom, boom, bing, bang, boom. Stick yeah. to the formula. So it's interesting that you bring that up, too, that it's basically big-ass, like, TV show. It's basically just a longer TV episode. Um, they had two writers on this movie. The highlights for them, because they're it's not even worth mentioning their names. Um, they wrote Cop and a Half, if you remember that terrible, I think it was Tom Selleck movie. They wrote All Dogs Go to Heaven 2, not the original, 2. Um, a whole bunch of TV movies, and I thought it was interesting that these writers were also responsible for writing Zathura the unofficial sequel to Jumanji that we've already touched on in a previous episode. That is true. Um, and then it, this was directed by Brian Spicer, who, in terms of movies, he directed this, then McHale's Navy. <laughs> I then, McHale's Navy. Yeah. Uh, and then For Richer or for, for Richer or Poorer, which was the Christy Alley. Was that Christy Alley, Tim, Tim Allen, Allen, where they yeah. become uh, Amish? Yeah. That is exactly yes. it. But you mentioned, oh yeah, it's basically like a long TV episode. Makes sense considering this guy has directed, and I won't read all of these because there are so many, but he has directed TV movie or TV show after TV show, including episodes of Salute Your Shorts, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, Briscoe County Jr., X-Files, Dark Angel, Harsh Realm, CSI Miami, and CSI, House, Cold Case, Bones, 24, Prison Break, Saracana Chronicles, Heroes, Fringe, Burn Notice, Castle. I mean, this guy has done, and there's, there's so many more that I'm not even mentioning in there. This guy is clearly just, he directed this quote-unquote movie basically as a TV episode, and it shows, because that's pretty much all he's done is TV. It was an interesting movie, to say the least. I'm happy you made me watch it? Question mark? Question mark? (laughs) It wasn't good, but I can definitely see back in the day this being a big deal, getting into it. Not our uh, exact generation, but you know, Maybe a little bit after us. Shall we jump into the one that is clearly for our generation because they're trying to cash in on nostalgia and make it for us? Oh, let's talk about this. Well, if I had to describe the storyline off the top of my head for this one, I would say that uh, high school outcasts stumble upon an old alien ship where they acquire superpowers and are dubbed the Power Rangers. Learning that an old enemy of the previous generation has returned to exact vengeance, the group must harness their powers and use them to work together and save the world i do like how that is describing the previous generation what you find out at the beginning of this movie is that the previous generation of power rangers was the what cenozoic era or something it's like 65 million years yeah ago. like a long <laughs> long time ago they're talking like millions of years ago which begs the question is that one generation of power rangers it's a, it's a lot like uh, how long are these kids supposed to live yeah, the movie opens with this fight between the Power Rangers and them dying. The original Power Rangers, like they they fucking die. Yeah, and I was just like, oh man, did like, we get a deep? Did we get a gritty reboot of the Power Rangers? The answer is yes. Yeah, we did. Yes, they did. It's very gritty. They, so like right off the bat, you're kind of as an adult watching it, you're like, all right, like there's hope here. Like there's some grittiness. There's some depth. And then all of a sudden, they're talking in this foreign language and there's subtitles, which is great. But then all of a sudden you kind of hear the voice of this person and you're like, wait a minute. Is is that is that fucking Walter White? 
It is Brian Cranston. And it is. It's Malcolm's dad. It's Brian <laughs> Cranston. And you're like, okay, so this is Brian Cranston in a Power Rangers movie. And then you hear another voice and you think, oh my God, is that Elizabeth Banks? Is that is that the matriarch of Pitch Perfect herself? It is. She is Rita Repulsa. And it's interesting that you bring up the language right away. Fun fact about that, they actually did create a specific language for this movie. They worked with a, a person uh, to create that. Uh, Bill Hader, who plays Alpha, the robot in this, uh, he and Cranston speak briefly in that, in one scene in this. Uh, they and apparently do. they both had issues learning the language. However, Elizabeth Banks, no problem, became fluent in the language. When is that ever going to help you out, Elizabeth Banks? Do you regret? I really want to call her up and just ask her. Listen, I get one question to ask you. I have 10 seconds of airtime. Do you regret learning the Power Rangers foreign language in that movie? That takes up part of your headspace now. Congrats. Maybe she needs to. Maybe she just <laughs> needs to brag about how many languages she knows. I don't think anyone's going to give her that as an actual language, but I could be wrong. Who knows? Yes, yeah, so we jump out, out of that into present day, and we go right into something that a lot of reviewers apparently on Amazon did not enjoy. They make a milked a bull joke. Oh no! I mil- don't worry. I milked the cow. Uh, the cow. This is a boy cow. It's a bull, for the record. This is a boy cow. How many udders were there? Only one, but I had to use two hands to do it. Like, really? Like, is somebody really that dumb? You grew up in, like, a farm town. Like, this is... There, this is... I didn't grow up on a farm. I mean, I did grow up in a farm town. I grew up on a farm. First of all, he makes a comment about how it's so big and everything like that. It's not. I mean, it's, like, long, but, like, in case you ever wanted to know about a bull penis, I'm going to tell you right now. It's thin. It's just like it's like maybe half an inch diameter, and it's kind of like just this little like ruler that pokes out and goes in there. You, you can't mistake it for another. But order. you should know, like you you can't, can't mistake it for another. You're order. seventeen, eight. You're seventeen, yeah. sixteen year old kid. You know the difference between an udder and a penis. Oh, I God, I hope so. so but apparently, this person didn't. So the, you're dumb already. The the kid that you see right off the bat, and it took me a minute. I didn't. I did not notice him. It's a, a guy by the name of a, a Dacre. Yeah, I think that's how, how it was pronounced. That's how it's yeah. pronounced. Uh, Dacre Montgomery couldn't for the life of me not figure out where I know him from. Then it hit me that he is in Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yep. Um, which, uh, if you picture him with a dirt mustache and a and sweet, and a mullet. sweet mullet, he's <laughs> Billy from Stranger Things. Yep. So already I'm like, okay, I recognize you, but I don't know who you are. You're not a big actor. They didn't, yeah. s- didn't spend a lot of money on you. He wrecks his car. He goes into detention on every on a Saturday, which I was I just wrote. I was like, is every coming of age movie we're going to watch just ripping off The Breakfast Club? Because he is walking into the misfit group of people luckily they just kind of touch on it and then leave it they don't go back to the detention room very much but yeah i had a a brief moment of just like really we're doing this again huh how many kids get detention and who holds it on a saturday because the teachers i knew that had to deal with that they didn't want to be at school on a saturday (laughs) so the big difference in the kids that i really picked up on were generationally culturally different but the same Mm -hmm. so in the 90s the 95 version you had what at for 95 was considered to be a diverse crowd oh yeah basically someone of every gender yeah and ethnicity yep right so this one takes that to like today's level of pc 
and inclusion, if you will. And there's, again, not, I'm not knocking that or saying anything's wrong, but not only do you have every ethnicity and gender, then you go to, you have the homosexual character, you have a character who's on the spectrum, you have just a, you have different socioeconomical standards, you have someone who's poor and kind of lives in a trailer park then you have the rich kid who has everything and then you have that football of course you have the football player whose dad really i don't want your life that's yeah, all i think of varsity blues, blues. blues. <laughs> um it's just stereotypical throughout there so it's kind of they take this uh, inclusion to a new yeah. level here with it and it's not again not a bad I, I like that it adds a little bit more character depth there's definitely more character building oh yeah in the new version rather than the old one where you're just assuming you know who these characters are yeah. but there's really nothing to the characters no no they're other than thing. like i'm the pink <laughs> ranger yay i'm the yeah. yellow ranger and i'm asian like this is yep. <laughs> wow uh the new one the new one is it does a much better job when it comes to just character development. It just takes an hour and a fucking half to get there. I want to talk about that. There's a there's a black kid in there who is on the spectrum. That's like the big thing that he mentions, that he says about his character within, what, I don't know, 10 minutes of the yeah. movie intro or whatever. I wanted to say, like, first of all, as the movie goes on, kid's not on the spectrum anymore. Like, just completely into just black guy one-liners like stereotypical yeah. black guy one-liners which is like man you tried for 40 minutes and then you really kind of lost it but on the on the flip side i'm happy that they didn't make him like the super like he's not a super savant or anything like that like they at least made him all right you didn't go too full full on in that with i, I can i can I'd be okay with that yeah it, i don't know they, they, they did make him characters you know like uh the black ranger who's not the black kid the black kid is the blue ranger right the black ranger is the asian guy um the asian guy is in a, living in a trailer with his very sick mom taking care of him he's always kind of a dick and then you find out that there's some depth to his character like yep. the um the one the uh, yellow ranger she you find out that her you know she's moved into town and is having trouble fitting in there's myriad of reasons why for that it's just they actually tried to give the characters a little depth i just didn't care <laughs> thank you so that was absolutely like it gets to a point where you're like i get it i just still don't give a shit yep naomi scott we didn't talked about her she played the pink ranger she, she was be... the popular high schooler yep. um yep. there's like a whole cheerleader that cheerleader... gets kicked off the cheerleader team by in a very threatening manner like 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 Two I'm girls put some scissors in a wall and like yeah. with a note like Two it's fucked up. Like approach her in the bathroom and say that she's out of their cheer team and then literally cut a picture apart of them and then take the picture and stab it into the wall with the scissors like on her face like like straight into the wall. Yeah, it's pretty threatening. And then she cuts off all her hair. Yeah, which um, apparently she really did. Did she? Yeah, that was like her real hair that she wanted to get cut. Obviously, then they trimmed it up in between. Okay, like, so my actually, question is, like, she, she didn't go like, straight Empire Records, like, shave her head in the bathroom mirror. Like, she she, she started cutting her hair, but that's she, her... she walked out with a professional haircut. Well, yeah, like, but that's like, good. in that scene where she's cutting her hair, that's sure, her sure. real hair where oh, she well, actually sure. cuts it. But they only show her cut like one strand of it, whatever. Yeah, like um, they don't, she comes out and like, oh, like I didn't know you turned into like a professional yeah, salon whatever. stylist while you were yeah. in there. Um, and, and just for future reference, we, we, we are going to get to talk about Naomi Scott again. We certainly will. Um, <laughs> she has been cast as Jasmine in the live action 
Aladdin. So yep. when that comes out, we'll and give it a is, little, we'll give it a little bit of time, let people see it, get out to the theaters. Oh, but Paul and I will get out to the theaters and get to talk about that. Oh, one. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I I am excited to to talk about that movie and talk about uh, those Dumbo characters and all these other ones that are yes, coming up. Absolutely. Disney is going to be a wealth of uh, of inspiration for this show. The um, only one that really perplexed me in this, I get Brian Cranston because he was actually in some of the original TV shows. He, he was, was. He voiced a couple of. I wrote that down too. He so voiced Brian, a couple of the monsters i get that i get elizabeth <laughs> banks in here she will do anything yeah she She's, wasn't good though she wasn't but she'll but, do anything yeah. bill Hader was a decent comedic relief for what he what he that's had the one i don't with. get like but really? bill, but but you don't i don't know i just look at bill Hader and i'm like i want you to be more than this yeah you're better than this you're I better know. than this bill Hader. when we've had that we've yeah we've had that a few times in some of these movies we've been watching with just but like, this is the most recent this. one though that that's true for the most part like bill Hader, you're better outside yeah. of the ghostbusters women which all of them were better than that that's true that's uh, true bill Hader, i was it was a weird choice for me i get that he was a comic relief he's a yeah. name he's he sells. He's a recognizable voice. I don't even know that he's really a name at this point. I mean, he, he's somebody that people recognize, but I bet most people wouldn't be able to say his, wouldn't be able to like think of his name off the top of their head. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but. So the biggest thing to know, in my opinion, about this whole Power Rangers 2017 is that it's an origin story. When it, we talk about the whole is. essence of what we're doing here, the and, kids and, haven't even met each other really in the the first part of the movie. They maybe some of them knew each other by name, but for yeah. all intents and purposes. This was a, a complete origin story from the ground up. Which Some is, of them even say each other's names and the other one, and then they comment on like, wow, I'm surprised you even knew my name. Exactly. For those who want to watch this movie, be prepared for a lot of buildup, a lot of almost unnecessary character development yeah. to a point where you're like, fucking move on. So you do not see a Power Ranger, an actual suited up fucking Power Ranger for an hour and a half. This is a two-hour movie outside of one little transformation. I was just going to say, technically to correct you, there's one scene of a there's, Power Ranger for about four seconds. Thank you. But but then, then it goes for another half-hour lapse until you see them again. So, yes. yeah, it's, for all intents and purposes, it's basically 90 minutes of it's not actually seeing It's a lot of fighting montages, a lot yeah. of teens just bitching and bickering at each other. Yeah. There's like 20 minutes of training montage and it's not a good like Rocky training montage. No. <laughs> one thing that I did enjoy, there, there's little pieces of this movie that I did actually kind of enjoy. Um, one of them was the the kind of meet cute of the Pink Ranger and the Red Ranger when they're um, in the in the um, they're running away from the security in the in the big gold mine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells her to get in the van and she said he's he's like no 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 it's not that kind of van insinuating that she would think that it's some weird and she just responds with every van is that kind of van and i wanted to bring that up because one i think it's a great line too because i know you're considering buying a minivan and i want to say that to you every time <laughs> but also one of the things that i wanted to point out too is when they intro the yellow ranger she is listening to a heavy metal song in there she's listening to revocation i actually knew the band i had to look them up because i knew the song but i didn't and I'd like have a, i have a couple they're a pretty legitimate technical death metal band out of i think massachusetts i believe somebody on their staff was like you know what we're gonna make our metalhead i'm gonna go ahead and put in one of my favorite songs in here because that's like <laughs> they're a pretty legitimate metal band that i thought was pretty entertaining that they had in there so way to go power rangers whoever if if you listen to this if anybody on their staff listens to this and you were the person that put that in there i commend you sir as another fellow metalhead like that is 
way to sneak that in. I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of character development. Bill Hader does do the ay 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 that was uh, the, the popular aye, alpha aye, aye. thing. Yeah. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting too is they do make Rita Repulsor, the, the Elizabeth Banks character. She was the original Green Ranger. She has. They find yep. these power stones. Each one of them has the has the color. That's how they end up getting their powers. And she has the green stone, which then she's eventually devoid of at the end of the movie. Uh, and then they make a call to the green ranger blah blah blah. but i did think it was kind of interesting that they brought her in as like a okay she was a friend of zordon she betrayed him and became a bad guy at least they're again they're they're building out depth of these characters they really are trying to take and build a world where they can make a series of movies in it i hope they don't because this wasn't very good but i i like the care like somebody that somebody actually i think gave a shit about trying to make this movie the next marvel cinematic universe essentially they tried they tried (laughs) tried. they, they even brought in goldar um, they did. Yeah. As kind of Rita Repulsa's pet monster to, mm-hmm. to destroy the village, it it it's the like shitty blue wolf thing that has like a gold armor from the '95 yep, version. Yep, yep. But it was it interesting. Like this. Yeah, <laughs> it was really interesting because they had they had mentioned him before that they had defeated Goldar. Like Brian Cranston, Cranston was like, oh, back in the you know dinosaur age, we defeated Goldar. And thinking about it, the town is a gold mine. They've yeah. just been digging up Goldar that was destroyed years and years ago. Yep. And as she puts him together, she's like, oh, come back to me. And you yeah. see all this gold busting out from the ground and coming to form. I actually thought that was kind of cool how they worked in that the town was a gold mine. Yeah. And that was that's how it was centered around the town i thought that was kind of interesting i did too the one problem is that for every moment there is like that in there where they clearly took a lot of care there was elizabeth banks eating a necklace totally improv that was on her and why i think it had something to do with that staff i don't know but that didn't help her she just takes the other gold and melts it into a staff like her eating the necklace did nothing maybe she thought it looked badass i well and that's the one problem try as she may Elizabeth Banks is not scary or intimidating or anything in this movie. She was, I love her. I really, really do. She was miscast. She just, I could not get into her as a bad guy. I feel like they were shooting for a Cate Blanchett as Hella. They definitely were. Like, that's what they were shooting for. And they got none of it. Like, it was was a very, very piss poor attempt to get Hella. And that, that kind of Cate Blanchett, I'm a classic actress. I'm... Obviously, you know, gorgeous. I'm. I can be a badass and be this strong, empowered female villain. And they did not get it from Elizabeth Banks. No, they like didn't. I, they did not. They tried to kind of make her this repulse. I mean, her name is Rita Repulsa. Yeah. It worked for about half of it. I thought the first part where she was like eating up homeless people and digging yeah. teeth like that was some dark shit oh yeah that there's was... some straight up horror stuff that until she hit the jewelry store like i really liked what they were doing with her and yeah. making her this which is because she doesn't really talk much it's when she starts having to have lines and she's doing this impression of a what a what a tough person sounds like it just it just doesn't work yeah it was it's a just... mix between like hella and the girl from the ring yeah yeah, and that's it didn't, actually a really good description. And it did not. That's what I fear. It did. It did not work at all. I like I said. I thought the idea of Goldar was cool. They did. Shit. Yeah, Goldar is just a big amalgamation of molten gold, gold. that walks around in a weird yeah. form. It's kind of interesting because it makes him essentially indestructible. Now, like, I, it's kind of funny, like how Ivan took over the the B 
cat bullshit yep. at the yep. end. She took kind of was absorbed by Goldar yeah. in the end too. Kind of makes him her Zord or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was kind of interesting. I did. I did have another line in here that I did find entertaining that I forgot to mention. Uh, but when we are introduced to Bill Hader's character of Alpha, he does have probably I think the best line in the movie where they're like, "Hey, how long have you been down here?" Because he says he's waiting for him. Like, how long have you been waiting for us? He goes, "What day is today? Monday? Sixty-five million years." Yeah, like, it's just <laughs> that was, it was really good. Actually. I I did appreciate that, and and said by Bill Hader, he has the he had the perfect timing for it uh i also noted that they all of a sudden they bust out one of the homeless people that right before he's getting eaten is playing and they're playing it in both times that he's on screen because ruta repulsor like meets him in a homeless camp yes. and then he, she eats him later um they're playing ring of fire by social distortion like the, the johnny cash cover but by social di- distortion is like all right somebody again somebody had some fun making the soundtrack for this movie i, oh, yeah. I applaud you for trying to inject that in there but then they inject this weird version of Stand By Me that's like this. And I was just like, yeah. ooh, no. And then in the end of it, they inject the a remake of the song, that, that terrible 90s song, the I've Got the Power. Like they, they injected that in there. It was like, oh man, you kind of had me for a little bit. And then I think when they're doing their first morph, was that the Stranger Things theme song? So thank you. <laughs> I actually have in my notes that I feel like there was some Stranger Things music. I and swear Stranger to God. Stranger Things had already come out at this point. I swear to God, it's the fucking theme song of Stranger it, Things. It, 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 ha- it has to be. It doesn't have to be, but it's, it's like so close if it yes. isn't. For, if, if you decide to listen to this podcast and go back and, and watch this movie, please listen for it and comment yeah. <laughs> tell us we're right or wrong because please <laughs> it, it i have it here in my notes and it bugs the shit out of me there was a lot of callbacks to the former movies yes um, to yeah the TV shows did. again there was care put into this they did the adr they did the they were doing they that when they had the even in today's they had costumes they're doing flips and yeah. And I was like, I think you're better than this, but I yep. think you're doing it as kind of a oh, nod. It's definitely, it's a callback to to, yeah. to the original to how they did this. One thing that I I thought was funny too, we've mentioned it. You know, now it takes an hour and a half of a two hour long movie for them to be morphed into actual Power Rangers. Then <laughs> their first fight scene that they do is underwater, so it's super slow. Yeah, and like swimming like a couple of minutes and very slowly punching things and it's like this was the best you could do you decided to go full underwater it it was just really it, it was it was bad i mean their layer was underwater so they had to like go through the ocean and then shoot up through the water then they get their zords which are kind of cool they're yeah. they're made after the dinosaurs the mastodon has six legs there were some there were some weird parts <laughs> and about the t-rex it. has gun arms he has four gun arms so my question is at no point did anyone mention to these kids because again they've been working hard with yeah. with Zordon, Zordon train and, and stuff. And Alpha 5, like, and they knew about these Zords. At no point do you think they should have fucking mentioned that they all joined to form Megazord? You would think that. Also, what one thing that I noticed, I, I don't know if this is some weird commentary on the way our society went, but the original one, the Zords always just punched shit. They went and they rammed and punched and did that. And this one, they all have freaking guns. They all just, like, shoot each other until they form into the Megazord, which then happens, and then they're just like, okay, now we can, I guess, punch stuff. But, like, really? You're just going to shoot things, I guess? That doesn't seem very Power Rangers-ish to me. You just spent the last hour and a half, hour 45 of this movie training hand-to-hand combat, and then they give you Zords, and you're like, all right, cool, Gatling guns. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, they have to use the one move at the very end, but they mm-hmm. all have to work together, guys. That's the moral of this whole thing. Can we talk about them working together? Because it's shown in there that the white... Or no, sorry, I have it written down here. I have to, I have to make sure Zach that has emotions right now. I know. The black and the blue ranger are the legs. They call it out. They control the legs. And then the yellow and the pink ranger control the arms. The fuck does the red ranger control? That's how it was what, in the show, though. What 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 does what he control? He's the heart. He's nothing. I don't he's, know. He's pointless. This is bullshit. I'm so mad at this. I mean, I guess we could say the same thing for Voltron. I fair enough, but yeah. It's, I mean, it's again, just, this is all in my opinion a huge knockoff Voltron. When you throw the Zords yeah. and forming Megazord, you're just knocking off fucking Voltron at this point. Yeah, and I mean, I want to point out like all this, all this final battle scene is happening in the heart of the uh, heart of the town. Conservatively, hundreds of people have died. Uh, while yeah. they're getting things exploded all over the place. Like, this is a fucking tragedy on more than one level. Yeah, they're trying to find this. Uh, so the whole point is that Rita Repulsa wants to find this stone that's been powering... It's the life crystal the or life whatever it is. The life crystal, yeah, some bullshit that powers Earth. It's in a Krispy Kreme. How much did Krispy Kreme have to pay? I was just going to say that exact same thing. Like, are we talking like on a scale from like Pepsi and a TV show to Taco Bell and Demolition Man? How much did they have to pay to get that name put in there? This is the the amount of times that they mention Krispy Kreme and talk about it. And then they have a scene where Elizabeth Banks' character walks in and sits down and eats a donut in the middle of an action scene. Yes. And they just linger on it. This is like almost Wayne's World level farcical amount of product placement for mm-hmm. Krispy Kreme. Like they must have, they must have funded half the damn movie. I, I just it baffled me. At one point, they even say like Krispy Kreme is where the is the lifeblood of the Earth or something like that because it's over this life crystal. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Well, you know, not the donuts. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, did a Krispy Kreme executive write that on a napkin and give to you and be like, here, work this in somehow? Yeah, but punch it up a little bit, and they were just like, fuck it, just put it in there as a line. <laughs> it was really, it was a thing. I didn't. Last thing that I want to mention about this, of course, Power Rangers save the day. Leave it open for a sequel. Um, at one point. The Pink Ranger and Green Ranger, Tommy and Kimberly from the original series, are seen taking video of the of the Zords, like beating up something at the end. They're just it's like a nice little nod that the two of them were there. Um, fun fact about that: uh, the Pink Ranger was refused. She actually reached out, yeah. and wanted to be in a cameo, and they refused her to. And then they caved eventually. She had to get a Canadian, a Canadian, uh, yep, <laughs> her Canadians uh, on it. Yep. And then uh, the Green Ranger, he was kicked out of the screening of the movie because he was trying to record his own cameo. <laughs> yes. I just thought that was funny. He to, got to kicked me. out of the premiere because he was taping the movie. He was taping yeah. his own cameo. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul, do you have some budget numbers for us here? <laughs> I do. This movie, a little bit different than the last one, cost a hundred million dollars. Uh, you you heard that right at home, folks. A hundred million dollars. Insane. That's more than the GDP of some small countries. <laughs> yes. Uh, gross USA domestic. Huh. Eighty five million. Oh, yeah. Probably made up for it. Did it make up for it worldwide? It did not. Ooh. It did not. 
Yeah. Um, did not open. I know opening weekend did about forty million, which is not a bad opening weekend. But then it seemed to peter out pretty quickly. Then, huh? Yeah, yeah, petered out pretty quickly. The reviews were not great. I think that a majority of people, just from looking online, uh, really were not digging the the hour and a half build up to the inevitable. Yeah, it did seem like they were. Uh... Like, you know the Power Rangers are fucking coming. Like, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait an hour and a half to see a Power Ranger. Yeah, exactly. Um, On that note, with uh, with some trivia about this movie, the director is Dean Israelite. He has directed Project Almanac, which was a kind of mediocre movie. You know, nothing like uh, too crazy there. He's also upcoming remake of War Games. He will be helming that, which I always thought was kind kind of interesting that he would be he's doing that you mentioned there too like in terms of the uh actual reviews of this movie um just to compare the two for you guys out there the 1995 mighty Morphin power rangers uh we go to rotten tomatoes for our nice aggregation 40 percent on uh, rotten tomatoes for the critics for the original one not super well liked audience score 56 percent so audience seem to kind of agree with it the new one fared slightly better 2017 power rangers was 49 percent so uh you were right it wasn't super well reviewed the audience score did give it a 66 percent though so it was a little bit better than that those are some of the professional reviews that we've had in there and we've talked about these movies at length now i'd like to see what some real people have to say about these movies so as you guys know every week we task each other with trying to figure out a five star and one star review of these movies and paul and i get to then read them to you paul the original 1995 one. Do you have a five-star review for me? I do. I well, Why do. don't you let it rip? It is entitled, This Movie is the Shiznit. Oh, my. This film is not meant to be at all meaningful to an adult audience. Meaningful. Two words. Meaning. Meaningful. Full. Mm-hmm. I, however, saw this film as a child and loved it. I wish that children's films were still like this today instead of that animated junk. This film was terrific. Ah, Their English is so terrible. It has good, pretty, story-lovable characters and great villains. I felt bad that this terrific series has gone down the poop chute with about nine remakes of the characters. I think that a lot of people that were children when this came out would agree here too. Not to mention, the film had an amazing soundtrack. All in all, for a children's film, I think that this film was worth the money, and I suggest this movie for the newer generation of children, too. Neat. So, just to kind of add in there, that this was the first theatrical Power Rangers movie in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. last movie that, uh, or excuse me, the new one um, was the was the first one to come out in 20 years so been a while so when they reference that uh the other ones if you will that's where that comes from but uh zach of 95 i'm assuming you found a you found an og one i did uh so five stars this movie came out right after my favorite rangers as jason zach and trini left the show so it took me a minute to warm up to adam rocky and aisha overall solid movie love ivan ooze the updates to the power rangers suits and helmets were amazing this person fucking dug it oh they dug it <laughs> i i i mean they were they, that is a true fan right there that is that oh, yeah. is a true fan that's a five star how about a one star of that og 95 there mine is called pew what reeks hmm. 
There are many things that suck in this world, like old popcorn, new coke, crime, and Kathy Lee Gifford. Oh, burn. And now we add to the list the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Not only does it suck, but damn, it just sucks. Don't see it. Instead, rent the Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. That's their comparable like. If you were looking to watch the Power Rangers movie, might I suggest the Shawshank Redemption? Might I suggest? I mean, they're only a year apart. I mean, the The Shank came out the year before this movie did. Good Lord. So I have a one-star review. I would hope so. My kids like this, but apparently I didn't like the character Ivan Ooze. Pretty gross to see him snort out Ooze that turned into Bats characters. I ended up giving movie away. Not ideal for kids to see. Hmm. Yeah, the whole ooze thing in general is kind of weird. He kind of, for those again, parents, people who haven't seen the movie, he hocus pocus the parents. Yeah, he he actually tells the parents to commit mass suicide. Yeah, it's <laughs> he, he literally tells all the parents in the town to go jump off a cliff. So I know we're getting to the 2017. I'm assuming you, sir, found a five star review for the new one. I did. This review is titled "I'm Nine and I Love This Movie." <laughs> I always liked the Power Rangers, but in the shows, the costumes are unbelievable, and the movie makes Power Rangers believable, and it makes me think there are going to be more Power Rangers movies from more of the Power Rangers shows with the futuristic sci-fi movies. If that wasn't a nine-year-old, you write like a nine-year-old very believably, and I'll grant you that, because that was all one long run-on sentence. Paul... I presume you got a five star. Oh, so good. One. So good <laughs> is the title. Uh, Happy Face <laughs> would recommend. I love this movie so much. Been waiting for something like this for over 12 years. Puts this person in their age bracket. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Can't recommend this enough in all caps. Would recommend to any person to see this movie in all caps. Amazing, stunning, IDK, amazing, question mark, oh wait, smiley face. Five out of five would recommend you watch this with anyone. Probably one of the best movies that I have ever watched in my whole life. Amazing picture would recommend it to see it. That was one review? That was one review. That wasn't 15 reviews mashed together and just randomly sorted? That was one review. I'm assuming that this person is 12. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about well. I mean, mine was nine, so I guess we're getting up in age brackets. Yeah, now, several so. smiley faces, a lot of caps. Uh, the the acronym IDK. Uh, IDK. For those who don't know, is I, I don't know. Oh, I thought it was I death kill. No, it's murder death kill. Oh, sorry, MDK, MDK murder death kill. All right. Well, is it is it my turn for a one star? I think it is. You're up. Oh. Batter batter up to the one stars. All right. I want to preface this one by saying we we dropped this in a in a mention about how uh, the Yellow Ranger she is a lesbian. They make so little note of this. It is in the it's it's like two or three lines of the movie. Like they really don't push on it. It's pretty pretty minimal. This person, however, really latched onto that. Any movie that artificially injects positive homosexual content is nothing short of pornography. Additionally, since it deals with adolescence, it becomes adding to the delinquency of a minor. The best facts we have to indicate that homosexuals make up about 6% of the population, so this representation was artificially disproportional. Even if it was not disproportional, it would still be wrong to present this behavior as moral and desirable. If you set the politically correct injection, the plot was poor and properly reflected by poor box office performance. Look elsewhere for good entertainment. Wow, this person's an asshole. Again, I want to mention to you, I'm I'm happy that they had that in there, that they were like, all right, we're going to, again, it's depth of character in there. Yep. This is 
two, three lines of dialogue. That's about it. It's really not, it is not like a defining characteristic no. of the character, which I admire. They didn't make it about her as, a, you know, as, as being anything but just an average teenager. But this person, holy shit, did they have to get on their brigade there. Let's just say that they would, you know, if given the opportunity to dine with anyone living or dead their first choice would be mike pence their second choice would be mike pence and then their third choice would probably be mike pence he's yeah. uh yeah that person's just an asshole pretty much um so i did read some reviews like that i i tried to stay away from this one was that one was just so over the top that I yeah so over, over the top <laughs> um i did i did get one my mine is called vomit uh spelled Ooh. horribly wrong <laughs> Uh, V-O-M-M-I-T. Vomit. It's like Wallace and Vomit. Yeah, right? Uh, this movie is a complete trash. Full of PC nonsense. Nothing to do with the original series. Absolutely unwatchable. The man behind this should be in jail. That's it. That's the review. I find it sexist that they assumed it was a man. I find it very sexist that they assumed it would be a man. It had a lot to do with the original series. Like, a lot to like do a, with Like, a lot, a lot. Like, everything to do with the originals. Like, this is the very same similar. villains, the same everybody. Very similar to the way Ghostbusters harken back to it constantly. This one also throws a lot of the same, like, referential stuff. Although worked in more organically than Ghostbusters did it. So, I guess now it's probably time to get into a breakdown. Yeah, of, let's, uh, yeah, let's, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's, we we got to break this shit down. As you guys know, we break this down then by five different categories. Cast, acting, direction slash script, production value, and enjoyment value. And we try to figure out which movie gets the edge on this one. So let's dive into the cast. Uh, unfortunately, I think that the, the original one doesn't really have much going for it because those people really... Aside from Paul Freeman, there's nobody that's done really anything outside of. No, even half the yeah. even half the Power Ranger cast hadn't been Power Rangers yeah. before. It it's, goes to the new one. Yeah, it's definitely the new one, hands down. Acting wise, it's the new one. the the act The original cast is not good. I mean, it's cheesy and it's intended to be cheesy, but like and like I said, I enjoyed the hell out of Paul Freeman just hamming the hell out of everything yep. in there. Um, but outside of Elizabeth Banks, there wasn't really anybody that was bad in the new movie no with they were what good they, well with what they had to work with it yep. just wasn't that all that great direction slash script that old one was terrible it is it looks like a, a 95 tv show it came out after jurassic park yeah you're That's expecting all I have you to... expect more from the first one just given the time i mean again it came out the same time as jumanji and some yeah. of the, the things they were doing and i i lambasted jumanji for having some bad like cgi this is Ten times worse than that. Yeah, this is absolutely terrible. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Production. Hands down goes to the 2007. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, production value, woof, duh. Same it goes thing to the 2017. The new, and I then mean, enjoyment value. 1995. I'm going to fucking say it right hands now. I'm going to say it. Down. I, I enjoyed the 1995 <laughs> ten I, times more. It was it was by far more enjoyable. Wholeheartedly agree. I could not tell you how much I enjoyed watching this train wreck that it was i know we've been making fun of it the whole time the thing is i tell you right now if you get your chance if you you get a chance to go watch power rangers the movie from 1995 fucking do it yeah. it is it is a riot it is awful it is amazing it's it's <laughs> terrible but you know it's terrible it's kind of supposed to be terrible oh yeah oh, it's yeah. it's the plot is even though it's the formula for power rangers an episode 
it's still better than that than the new movie. Oh yeah, definitely. So with all that being said, Paul, we're gonna get into our final thoughts here. Anything before we render our verdict of what, what do you what do you want to say about ninety five or twenty seventeen's Power Rangers? Either one of them, anything that we missed? Well, I think I, as far as Power Rangers two thousand seventeen, I was really excited for it. I really like the idea. It it's dark. It's PG thirteen. It yep, they it's say not, shit a few times. They say shits. It, they almost say yippee ki yay motherfucker at mm-hmm, one point, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't. You know, obviously they don't use the f word. They make several references to other movies in there. He they, kicks a, a yellow Camaro and says, "Sorry, Bumblebee." Sorry, Bumblebee. A lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of references. But you know what? I liked the darkness. I liked that they were kind of bringing the Power Rangers to a new audience. That's what a reboot does. Yep. Um, they do end it with the very end. They're they're calling another student in detention, Tommy Oliver. Tommy oh, Oliver, and they can't. The Green Ranger. They can't find Tommy, and then there's a green jacket with a dragon on it and you're like oh shit here he comes um so i like what they did with it i don't like the origin story buildup. i don't i it took too long to get to the inevitable yeah like we know they're gonna it's not this new story that you came up with and they're like oh what are they gonna turn into like motherfucker we know they're gonna turn into power rangers like let's just get there already yep and I, I think I, in general, very much agree with you. I, I Like I said, I there were there were aspects of the new one that I actually enjoyed. I, I did find that, like I said, I've said it before, but they, they did take a lot of care into it. It was made by people that actually wanted to make this something. They didn't just want to do this. It didn't feel like a cash grab. It was definitely made by, and written by people who were like, hey, we don't want to just call back and reference to this. Like, we're incorporating that in here, yes. we are going to make it so that Rita is a modern day badass villain. Did it work? Eh, not really, but they tried. Yep. They definitely tried. And this is much better than some of the other stuff that I've seen out there. But trying and succeeding are two very different things. And on top of that, you could try and succeed, and we could still disagree and say it wasn't necessary. So Paul, do you think that the 2017 Power Rangers movie was necessary? Do I think a Power Rangers 2017 movie was necessary? No, 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 no. I'm saying (laughs) this 2017 Power Rangers movie. Mm, I've been, so this is a hard one for me. I'm just going to be really (laughs) honest with you. This, this, this was a hard one for me. And in the end, because I don't think this is the last that we'll see of the Power Rangers, I'm going to go on the side of yes, this, I, I actually think this was necessary. See, that's interesting response. So I, I, I have honestly got, I've wavered back and forth myself on this. Because, like I said, there were parts of it that I really enjoyed. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to them making another one. I know it didn't do super well, but, you know, they might have made enough back in some of the rentals and stuff like that. Who knows? Do I think People it's... still rent movies. Well, I mean, virtual <laughs> rentals. Virtual rentals. Renting it on Amazon. Because you can rent stuff virtually. You yeah, know? I know. I'm not know. talking I'm ghost... I'm not saying that fucking Blockbuster <laughs> went out and made a whole bunch of money on this. But, in all honesty, do I think it was necessary? I go with No. I, I, this be, I think this is our first disagreement. Here, I love I, it. I'm I glad we disagree. I don't think it was necessary. I didn't hate it, but 
Yeah, it just seemed unnecessary to me. It's our is this our first fight? No, we had, we've, we've had we've had a couple of fights in here. This is never <laughs> those were our thoughts on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Power Rangers. As usual, we we love it that you guys are listening to it. Please, uh, you know, like and uh, you know, go out on Facebook and find us there. You can find us on Twitter. We don't post much yet there, but we'll be we'll be doing some more out there. Um, share this with your friends. Rate us. Uh, we are now on Stitcher as well as iTunes and Google Play, so you can go out there and find us on all your favorite podcasting apps. And join us next time. We're going to be jumping into the first of many horror oh, uh, genre so many horror movies. movies to do. But we have chosen to start it off with a bang by going for Cabin Fever. That's right. They made one in 2002 that you may remember. And if you're like Paul, you thought that was only five or ten years ago. It was 17. <laughs> and then they remade it in 2016. And that is a thing that we will be reluctantly diving into to see if I'm that excited. was actually necessary. I am too. I haven't I haven't seen the new one. So again, we thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. We really love doing this. For everybody here at Was That Really Necessary, I'm Zach Buell. And I'm Paul Abishan. And we love you guys. We will see you next time. <laughs>